song, some visuals. We need, you know, it's a pageant. Chica. Think how far we could go together, Morgan. Censored Cinephiles fans, welcome to the podcast breakdown of The Witch. <laughs> <laughs> this is a special Halloween week. Spooky. Halloween spooktacular. Spooktacular. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to be reviewing the movie The Witch, and I have The Witch, Bianca, here with me. <laughs> <laughs> to help break down this movie. So, bring us back to a time of ye old New England where there was a family that was ostracized for being, speaking too much truth and banished out of the wonderful colony and sent into the wilderness. Oh, so kind of just like modern day times really yes you know you don't go with the flow so you're banished yes yeah. susan says if you don't believe in what she believes you'll be sent into the wilderness to be eaten by witches and wolves <gasps> on on <yeah>, bitch you 
<laughs> or Odyssey. I've got no I'm a bit worried about messing around with fire. My track record is not that great. <laughs> Anyways, so this movie was really, really interesting. I thought the entire film was full of occult symbolism. Yeah. And I thought that it was very representative of our modern society in some ways, mm-hmm. like almost yeah. a mirror. Yeah. Uh, what did you take of this film? Um, I think it's very interesting in mm-hmm. terms of whether, like, a lot of um, film critics that I've read and film reviews take a very feminist stance of it. And um, I don't feel like at the end, and I'm obviously skipping a bit, but um, I don't feel like Thompson at the end is um, really liberated. I feel mm. like she's had, like, she's had her humanity and her empathy and what makes her, like, a good character is that her, where she is, um, you know, like, her motherly nature, nature mm-hmm. that's all stripped away from her and what makes her, like, a, a female, um, is all taken away from her and what she becomes is this, like, monster and it's kind of I see a lot of like uh, this film mirroring Rosemary's Baby in a lot of way like there's that sort of you know um, the two characters are sort of like having their feminine identity taken away from them mm. and they like then embracing you know Satan at the end of the film mm-hmm. so um and I, I really love the attention to detail in this movie in terms of like how it's like language which is used, you know, the old English and the way that everything seems so authentic and yeah. lived in and it's not glamorous, so, you know, it's like mud and hard work and the dad's cutting up the wood and there's, you know, this idea that they are one day away from starving, you know. Mm-hmm. So everything is just such hard work in this movie, and that's what I kind of like is this idea of of showing us what it really was like, you know, in the sixteen hundreds. So yeah. um, definitely think it's a very creepy film in terms of like building on that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It just keeps building and it keeps building until like everything just explodes. You know that ooh, that feeling of dread and that the way it captures like that um, fear of the woods. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know what it is about being too far into the woods, but proper. scares me so I, I get I think my, it gets my heart racing <laughs> I think that the best horror movies mm. always incorporate things that subliminally make people scared and the woods I think is built into human DNA mm. so like if we all carry down our ancestors memories in our DNA and like their experiences like get passed down to the generations 
and like for a long time the woods represented like the frontier and like being like you know involved with wolves and other things that could kill you in the woods and also like the bible i believe it references in there i'd have to go find it but i Mm -hmm. think there's passages about how evil dwells in the woods Mm -hmm. and like that's just sort of always been represented like throughout our childhood like we've all seen like movies Mm -hmm. where like the woods are magical and have like alive trees and things you know like there's always been like some sort of magic about the woods and then even in the modern day we have the can-am missing project Mm. which is like the canadian american missing project which is those people that go disappearing into the national parks Mm. right and those are crazy creepy stories yeah those are very strange and there's always like this yeah like you say the the fairy tales the Grimm's fairy tales you know where like a little red riding hood and snow white and there's this idea of like something big and bad lurking in the woods and that's exactly what is you know happening in the witch is there is evil in the woods and Mm -hmm. i think like even before you sort of like know that there's some sort of witch out there just the way the camera lingers in the woods and how like foreboding it is that that is sort of like I said said earlier that sense of dread that's building yeah you know um and there's this this strange I don't know what it is dude it's just like you get that sense of being watched in that movie you know yeah, and you always kind of feel that way, like when you're on the edge of a real deep, dark forest, it always kind of feels like something's watching you mm. from the forest, right? Because mm. so. you, you can't, yeah, there's, you just can't see what is behind the trees, you know, like behind the trees. And you know there's at least animals out there, mm. right? And in most of the world, there are at least large predators, like, you know, a bear, <laughs> a bear or a moose, <laughs> or... Well, like, seriously, a moose out in the wild is, like, a legitimate threat. If that thing runs at you, it's huge. It would, like, maul you to death. I don't... Yeah. (laughs) Or, like, down in the south, they have hogs. Mm. Like, packs of wild hogs. Those are so scary. You ever seen one of those? (laughs) Oh, my God. You'd be, you'd be all for assault. You'd be like, people should be allowed to have a thousand rounds in their assault rifle wherever these pigs are. <laughs> well, they do say pigs eat, can eat like anything, so they're good for disposing of bodies, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. lots of um, serial killers. Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah, we'll <laughs> no, a little bit too yeah. much. I like true yeah. crime. But um, what I was going to say about the... Um, the the film what I found interesting was um, it, just the whole feeling of the film like when we first um, introduce get introduced to the characters it's that you know on Tomson it's that really tight close up 
you know, mm -hmm. on her face. And she's, you know, bathed in white and she looks almost sort of angelic, like she's like innocent, you know. Mm -hmm. And then we like the camera's always sort of like very focused on seeing her face up front. Um and very it's the actress has like such a great way of her eyes, you know? Yeah. Um I think that's what I, I like about this movie is a lot, even though there's a lot of dialogue, in, it works well when there's, when you're just seeing facial expressions and, you know, you're just having the characters react to one another. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a, it's a film that plays a lot of homage to like silent cinema. Mm -hmm. you know of the past so I can sort of there's a great um, silent documentary called um, Haxon I believe and that goes through the history of witchcraft and it's a really creepy film but I feel like that the, you know the director has obviously you know studied that and has played around with incorporating ideas from that movie into this so yeah and i thought it was interesting like how he knew to use the goat for black philip <laughs> and like when he was questioned mm -hmm. about the choice of using a goat to represent uh satan he like pushed hard back on that being like there's a lot of tradition to this mm -hmm. um without referencing the baphomet from like freemasonry he like mm -hmm referenced other uses of it by like there's lots of depictions of witches um from back in those times where they were riding goats mm. instead of broomsticks oh that's interesting so like it's not just like the knights templar and the freemasons that were like worshiping baphomet which is like the satanic creature looking thing mm. but it's also like a tradition where like familiars of witches in colonial times were depicted as goats yeah and right. i hear like through, throughout like history there's been um fear of a goat-like creature mm -hmm. like you you know the minotaur you know yep the minotaur in crete yeah. and then you also had pan mm. right and yes. when you go back and look at like some of the original sites where they were worshiping pan one of them is called like the entrance to hell and basically what they found there was like a big cave and at the top of the cave they would sacrifice goats mm -hmm. and other animals and people and then throw them down the cave like mm -hmm. all types of it was like massive it's still there you can go visit this thing today so yeah um, I think what's interesting about um, Black Philip in, is the twins and their mm -hmm. relationship with him. And it all seems very innocent, you know, it's like they're just talking to, you know, the goat and, you know, um, I guess there's not much to do, you know, <laughs> trying to entertain t two children, they're sort of left to their own devices. and you can almost like it's a believable thing because it generally did happen with like the Salem witch trials is that the two girls that started off I think were like seven or eight and they were you know very young and it 
you know, a lot of it think people think now um, the kids were just bored and messing around and playing along, saying that they were possessed and rolling around on the floor, you know, having fits um, to, as a, a way of getting attention from the adults. And mm. I can sort of almost like see that um, the two children, uh, is it Mercy and Jonas? Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. Jonas, or... Um, I can almost see that, like, they're, you know, making it up, and it's not really true. Yeah. But, obviously, it is true. Black Philip is, you know, Satan. Um, and I just didn't think the way that he... He just looks... Even though it's a goat, it looks wrong, do you know what I mean? It mm -hmm. doesn't feel like it's a... Um, a normal sense, creature. Yeah, you can sense there's more to Philip than just being a goat. Mm, and it's right. not just um, the goat that appears to be, you know, uh, something supernatural. Uh, you have the hair. Mm -hmm. The which, rabbit. Yeah, which... Um, or it's a hair. You're right, it's not a rabbit. Yeah. Just actually significant, right? Yes, I believe so. I think it's like a, the hair is supposed to be... Like the, there were sort of um, folklore to say that witches could turn into hares, um, and I think there's like this idea of the hare or, and the rabbit being tied into paganism. Mm -hmm. um, so there's definitely something strange about that hare because it sort of like um, sets the dog off, and also. It's almost like, um, you know, tricks the young boy to get, you know, to follow it. So, mm, follow the white hair. It's not the white hair. It's like a dark <laughs> one. It's like brown. Get the joke. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just this weird thing about animals just not being what they are. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, it's like the black dog symbol mm. that we've seen in other films, right? Where mm. they represent Satan as a black dog. Yeah. Right. And what's interesting in this movie is like the first, you know, I guess, well, the first victim is the baby, but mm -hmm. the sort of second victim is the dog, you know, who is the one sort of protecting the family. Yeah. And then, and then it's a horse, you know, so the, it's like it's cutting off it the family's like protection they can't you know the, the dog's gone you know that would be loyal to them then the horse is gone you know so, so they can't get back to society yeah um I, I thought it was also interesting that you have this theme of like i think it's really interesting that the the dad in the film mm. is like so bent on his beliefs in religion that he gets banished from society mm. but then when he's actually dealing with spiritual forces he keeps denying that they exist mm. right so like the baby gets snatched by a witch mm. right and, and it, he's he's just like oh it's gotta be a wolf yeah it's gotta be a wolf but like 
he's like a devout Christian living in mm-hmm. times where they were worried about witches and things. Mm-hmm. You would think that like it would cross his mind that yeah, that maybe be what happened, right? I think it's like I read that the the each of the um, characters are supposed to represent the seven sins in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. So I think he's meant to represent like pride. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, if they, if that is, it could be, I guess, right? Yeah, or I don't think it's like exactly, <coughs> you know, all of them. I don't think any of them suffered from gluttony, though. I, I think they would. <laughs> <laughs> They're all like. Maybe the baby, because you know. <laughs> the baby was the gluttonous one. <laughs> yeah. I think it's um, interesting oh, that... Oh, the chubby baby was gluttonous. <laughs> um, what I think is kind of interesting is um, the, the father takes the silver cup from the mother's silver cup, you know, um, and sells it. Mm-hmm. Those and, theft. Yeah, and he tells a lie and he lets Tom's in almost take the blame for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lies about why him and um, I've forgotten what the young boy is called. Um, uh, why him and the boy are out, you know, and trying to look for um, game. Mm-hmm. Um, and spins a sort of weird tale about them looking for apples. And what I find really interesting at the end, um, or the, towards the end of the film, when the boy becomes sort of possessed by the witch he spits out an apple yeah it's like the devil mocking the father mm-hmm. it's like you you know you've made the boy swallow your own lies yeah and now it's coming up you know and that also represents the ultimate lie right because mm-hmm. the ultimate lie was if you eat from the apple thou shall not surely die Mm. And then she's from the apple, and both Adam and her die. Yeah, right. It's like a lot of strange stuff with apples and witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting that you know on Halloween, one of the games that we play is bobbing for apples. Ooh. So, it's like a. Do you know what that comes from? No. Do you know like there is? I don't want to get it wrong, but um, the. <laughs> The origins of Samhain, which is Halloween, right, come from a lot of these, like, Druid-type mm. things from back in the day. So, like, I forget exactly how it went, but basically, like, the Druid priests would go around town and round up, like... They'd come to your door, and if you didn't have, like, an offering for them, which was the treat, the trick was they took, like, your firstborn child. Oh, interesting. And then they would bring them back, and you ever heard of, like, um, the Wicker Man thing? Mm. They'd put them in, like, the Wicker Man and burn them alive on, like, Halloween night, right? And then the bobbing for apples thing came from one of the things you could do instead of going into the wicker man was you could and you'd have to confirm all this i heard all this in a video a long time ago <laughs> from either run to christ channel or theophilus most excellent or christian video vault one of those three channels did a <laughs> whole video on samhain that's researched well sourced all this i'm giving you a basic rundown of it 
the bobbing for apples thing is basically um, you can either choose the bob for an apple mm. or you can go in the wicker man. And if you decide to bob for an apple, what they used to do was the boiling hot water, oh. right? So, like, there was a bunch of apples in there, and you put your face in to grab one, and if you got it out, they'd let you go. But, but the water was so hot like horribly that scarred. you would get, yeah, like, most people would die trying. So you can try... You can try to bob for apples, or you can go in the Wicker Man and get burned alive. I mean, those are not good choices. Or your family can give the Druid priests the whatever offering they wanted <laughs> instead. <laughs> Crazy. That was Halloween every year, I guess. Um, I don't know if that's 100% accurate what I'm saying, but I think that's mm. a basic rundown of what they showed in the film I saw. So, you know, <laughs> the Halloween, like Halloween the fact that we celebrate now. this is like kind of it's kind of messed up. Yeah, yeah it's a bit strange. Um, Christians really shouldn't be celebrating Halloween. And the other thing about Halloween and with the opening scene of the witch mm. and i thought it was Boo! <laughs> there you are there you are where is that little man So the opening scene of The Witch, I thought it was very creepy how they did the baby snatching. Mm. You know, they did the peekaboo thing, yeah, right? And then she, the baby's just gone, mm. and then they do the sacrifice. Well, Halloween night is like the number one night that satanic cults, which really do exist, like if you don't believe me, just go look up Department of Justice satanic cult awareness document which is a police training guide on how to identify them and the things they do. Um, basically, these cults love to sacrifice children on All Hallows' Eve. So, like, that scene mm. in The Witch, that movie, is representing what happens in real life that people like me try to expose on the Internet. It's not like conspiracy. It's conspiracy fact, and there's been... Yeah. All types of documentaries yeah. of victims and things. I think this things. is like, I just want to add this point. Um, when looking up about um, feminism and witchcraft, um, I think it's quite interesting that it's had this sort of weird revival of um, since like, you know, 2016, where feminism and now more feminists are becoming witches, but it's not like necessarily just crystals it's like full-on practicing magic hmm. and i read this interesting sort of uh, interview with um a woman who is like a witch expert and she goes on to like consult on different tv shows and um films and stuff and she like jokingly was like no we don't sacrifice babies and I just, it was like a recurring thing, like, you know, like reassuring, like, no, that's not what we do. And I mean, I think, I, 
I, I don't think um, as a, if you're a feminist you should be really necessarily practicing witchcraft because just because it's like uh, is now seen as empowering for some strange reason you, it doesn't make much sense because you're, if you believe this sort of stuff your lord and master is Satan who takes a form as a handsome man mm. so you're answering to a man so I don't understand how that is empowering because you're essentially just swapping one man for another man yeah. what, what is, you know, I don't see the logic there but I just think it's, you know, something that kept coming up in the reviews for The Witch and pieces on The Witch uh, were saying like um, how it's a feminist movie mm -hmm. but I mean it just seems I just don't see like to me I don't think it's she's happy at the end no I think that that's not the person that we know I feel like she, and I wonder whether she was always in control and we we were asking uh, you know discussing this when we were watching a movie what happens to the twins at the end because they get locked up into the dog uh, the dad locks them up and Thompson in you know in a shed and then we come back and we see what looks like the next day um, she's lying on the ground and there's two dead sheep or goats yeah I can't tell what they were and I think they were meant to represent her killing the children yeah so we've already seen that the I um, agree I think that's what that represents mm -hmm. like when they see the the hut all torn up and I think the reason they picked like <coughs> white either goat or white sheep mm -hmm. for that is to like represent like uh, that was Thomason's like sacrifice Mm. right to like become the witch at the end of the film because yeah. I don't feel like she's the witch that like, like snatches the baby no, or anything I feel like she's been um, brought I, into it but I wonder if whether she was because she went so close to the woods mm -hmm. that she was offering the baby like whether she was being controlled maybe maybe it was because, influencing her without mm. her realizing it yeah you know um, and I, I think we, we've already established that the witch can take over people's bodies because that's what happens to the boy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the scene where he sort of is dying and it takes over him. So I think, I, I don't see this movie as being something that she willingly does. I feel you know it's not empowering because she almost doesn't have any control of it and at the end I just feel like that scene with her signing um, it's just like a formality she's already given herself over she's already given a sacrifice and has had her soul taken over yeah but it's also like and he even like helps her sign it cause she doesn't even know how to write really yeah so right so it's like the ultimate like I'm taking over control and like mm. you have no more free will yeah right so like her empowerment is complete loss of free will to serve Lucifer mm. right which in like the other thing is like maybe 
it is empowering because Lucifer is Baphomet is depicted as androgynous, mm. so not male or female, mm. right? But in this film, Lucifer is clearly depicted at the end when Black Phillip turns into like the figure mm. as male. Yeah. What dost thou want? What canst thou give? Wouldst thou like the taste of butter? A pretty dress? Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? Yes. Wouldst thou like to see the world? What will you from me? I cannot write my name. I will guide thy hand. Right, he has like a beard. Mm. Right, so. Uh, it's very, very interesting felt. Like it definitely is. I can't, I can't tell if the, like the guy who made it, the director, producer, whatever, mm. if he was trying to expose the evils of this stuff or he was trying to kind of glorify it um i don't think i don't see it as like a like something that's glorified in a way because i think the scene with the the baby um mm. is a really dark scene and i don't see that as being like shown in necessary like i guess like trying to say like shown in a good light do you know what I mean? Like, it's not made in a way where it's like smoke and um, colors and stuff. It's it's supposed to be very like um, very dark scene, and you do see what happens, and it's n there's no sort of shine away from that. I think that to me, like if it was him trying to. Um, I don't know, try and show it in a, in a way that is, um, oh, I've lost my trail of thought. It's okay. What I'm trying to say is, like, I don't think it's a way that, if, if, if he was trying to make it look good and it wouldn't have been shot in that way, do you know? Mm-hmm. You can cut all that because that's just absolute waffle. <laughs> 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 well, it's not waffle, but I think that, well, let's say, like, you're right, and the guy was making it to kind of, like, not make it look good. Mm. Like, it was shot in the way you're saying to make it look bad. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's, right. it's shot in a way that it isn't glamorizing it. It isn't trying to shy away from what was happen what happens. No. It doesn't cut away. It shows everything, and I think, you know, 
and it's not done in a way to desensitize us. It's meant to make us feel horrified. Yeah, right. And you would think, like, so you would think that, like, the, like, actual Satanists out there mm. would not like this film, right? Because mm. it makes them look really bad. It makes witches look evil, like they're mm. sacrificing children and, like, these types of things, right? Mm. It's not what happened. Mm. the exact opposite of that happened mm. like if you look it up like here's an article how the witch scored the satanic temple's endorsement and um. they were like showing screenings of the movie and like the satanists fully endorsed this movie and they all loved it mm. even though it makes them look really bad to anyone that's not a satanist yeah. <laughs> so what how explain that one i think it's the whole thing that it's this movie's being sort of misread to me yeah and um, that they were they were describing it as like anti-patriarchy that's why they liked it well i just think if that was the case um why would you have that scene with the devil being a man exactly yeah, why not have it as a beautiful woman why not have it you know. If it's anti-patriarchy, all the witches serve a patriarch at the end of the movie. Yeah. That debunks the entire anti-patriarchy part of this. Maybe the Satan... My thing is, I think the Satanists like it because it showed what they're all about in plain sight. And they can sit there and be like, oh, this is what we actually like. We do want to sacrifice children. It's my personal belief. Well, I, I think it's like... Um... It's one of those films that um, I think is a little bit too clever for its own good. Yeah. It's like um, by having certain scenes in there and by, I think, that that scene of her smiling and being like, you know, at the end of the movie and covered in blood and everything. Yeah. Um, the way that it's shot, I think, to the like an ordinary person would be like oh that she's happy she's elated mm -hmm. she's finally free from everything yeah um and then that could be read in a way that is a positive thing but i don't think she i i don't see her face and uh, with that smile and think that that is a happy expression it's just like that isn't devoid of any actual humanity yeah um, and I think like she's so she's able to go into the woods now and live with her coven of witches but you know um, is that a better life? No I mean, I mean look how the other witch lived her hut's like mm. basically like a mud hut in some she was, tree thing until she sacrificed the baby she was ugly and deformed yeah she's you gross know? looking and yeah. So and uh, bugs to survive probably. <laughs> yeah. right. Eat the bugs. Yeah, she was eating the bugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just think it's really odd that in the society like now, um, it's like this strange sort of. We went to Salem recently. Yeah, we did. We it, we went to the witch capital, the witch city of America. Which is where I got my hat. Yeah, she got her hat in Salem. <laughs> recently okay. and i thought it was interesting how commercial everything was yeah and how everything
thing was like you just walk into all the shops and it's just everything is buy this you know and fall in love or buy this and it all seems very much like we're not scared of witches anymore we're not no. scared of like um dark magic it's all very much in the open no you, there's a whole shop for dark magic yeah. there's like a shop for lesser magic and then if you want the really hardcore dark <laughs> stuff you gotta go to this other shop where you get the hardcore dark magic right <laughs> it's just it's so stupid it's so stupid and commercial, it's unbelievable. That's not juice box, that's witch's brew. I am Newton. I am Newton, so yeah. <laughs> Bat swing. Um, and so I just think, like, now people just are, it's, everything is so sort of lost its meaning. You know, yeah. we were just, you were saying about Halloween and what the origins of it. I think we've just have, we just establish, you know, what's established now with the same witch trials was, it was just children who were bored. And then it was just like mass hysteria. And I think a lot, part of that must be the case. Like it was mass hysteria. Um, Those witches, they were all witches. <laughs> Um, Every last one of them was a witch. Was a witch. I do think there was definitely some. some There's definitely some of them. The head one was like a voodoo witch. Right. She definitely was a witch. Oh, well, she. We should bring back I think burning she, at the stake. She by freely the way. admitted. I can't remember her name, but she freely admitted to being a witch and practicing magic and teaching the girls magic without like any torture I don't believe so but of course you have to think whether that how much of that is historically accurate and how much of what has been sort of published has been sort of sensationalized are you trying to say that <laughs> history is written by the ones who weren't burnt at the stake <laughs> yes I would say exactly <laughs> that <laughs> but, um, there's a lot of what is interesting is the stuff that you hear from the time of the early European settlers. Mm -hmm. You know, this um, the the whole whole villages going missing. Um, you know, yeah, strange stuff like that. So these odd stories that happen, and there's no sort of real explanation to it. Um, I feel like a lot of what has been discussed with the Salem witch trials, I don't know whether that is, you know, it, it, it just feels like maybe they've exaggerated a lot of the numbers. Yeah, um, they probably had, like, people taking advantage of it, like you have in any society mm -hmm. where you have, like, a scare of stuff like that, and then you have, like, everyone being like oh there's all this other stuff like when pizzagate broke there was all these people making all these ridiculous claims about other places and things mm -hmm. and being like it's everywhere you know but like when you focused on the evidence like you could get back to the truth of things so like <clears throat> with this 
this movie, I think they're depicting like that society back in the day, but they're also depicting a little bit of like our society in this sort oh, of yes. mirrored most, most image. Right. I, I think so. I do feel like um, <clears throat> the general approach of like the father sort of almost burying his head in the sand and ignoring the problem is what a yeah. lot of generally what a lot of people do nowadays is you know ignore it and and the mother seems like uh, so consumed by her grief and everything like she just she goes the opposite way to the father you, you almost kind of like feel like the father's losing his faith yeah in lots of ways and um the the mother is um like she's gone completely in a different different direction and she just spends like pretty much every waking hour praying yeah which is not helping no right and it's almost like um i feel like whatever the witch or the devil is it's, it's like feeding off of their resistance yeah right um it's just interesting to me, like, in terms of... The I, devil doesn't fear, like, mm, Bible passages. He mm, quotes the Bible all the time. Yeah. Right. Well, so. we have that scene with the boy when he when he's dying. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're, they're praying, and like you say, he's reciting, it, you know, back and everything to them. Mm -hmm. And what I find interesting in that that scene is the twins start to speak as well and like they suddenly can't remember the Lord's Prayer and then they end up on the floor sort of in fits um, yeah. so it, it's like it, it, you know it's taking control of the children you know um, and it's almost like it's going up each child until it reaches its goal Mm -hmm. it's just so. I also found it interesting that the father was like we've sort of identified the woods as like the source mm -hmm. of evil and like yeah like back then it is historically accurate that someone would have been chopping wood all day <laughs> yeah but so you didn't have much to do <laughs> it was like nothing to do so chopping wood was like a good pastime <laughs> yeah I think it was sort of representing his struggle against mm. the evil so like the woods represented the source of evil and therefore the trees were the wood that he was chopping mm. constantly like as if he was like trying to push the evil away from his house by chopping down the trees mm. but like he just couldn't do it fast enough there wasn't like enough he just wasn't doing it fast enough no matter how frustrated he got it just wasn't working mm. right the evil just kept getting closer and closer like no matter how much he chopped firewood <laughs> right <laughs> and then how he dies at the end you know he's impaled by black philip and the wood pile falls on top of him it's like a, a mocking mm -hmm. you know of like, his, <laughs> his attempt to chop the woods down yeah right he gets knocked right into the wood pile. Yeah. So, I what you were sort of going on about how this film is a mirror to society. 
so also yeah i mean think of like <laughs> someone like um i guess a perfect example of this would be like owen benjamin who was like a hollywood guy very much in society mm. and then because he took a stand for things that he believed in he was like ostracized from society and moved out to like become a farmer right mm. but then like his pride was still his downfall mm -hmm. because even though he believed so much in like the teachings of the bible he didn't read the parts about the pride and not being so prideful and then like all these problems befell upon him because of that right that's like similar to like the modern day republican who gets like banned from society for saying things that he believes in but doesn't have like <clears throat> The humility to like understand that like you can't just move to a mm -hmm. farm and like shun out society you still need society yeah these they that's true because they even sort of realize that in the movie mm -hmm. that they needed they need society um because it, it discuss like thompson's um life prospects like she's you know reaching an age where she would be needing to be married off but or you know they say she's gonna go work as a servant yeah um this you know whereas you would want to keep the son around you know he's going to inherit the farm whereas she's the eldest girl her sort of only unfortunately at the time her only sort of like um real prospect of having a life for her own would be to marry or go into you know servitude you know becoming a servant so um and they've completely cut themselves off because of the father's pride mm -hmm. but i feel as well as like the, the the mother doesn't do much to you know she's also quite a, a woman that's proud as well mm -hmm. and i think that's sort of represented in how like she's becomes obsessed with the the silver cup yeah you know which is like irrelevant because they are starving yeah and it's interesting when you sort of look like the the family i believe must have come from wealth because um the the two thompson and discusses with her brother like do you remember having windows glass windows back in england yeah and that would be like a sign of great wealth you know mm -hmm. being wealthy must have been wealthy as well to be able to afford to come you know to travel to the new world to um america so there's this sense that that you know they've given that all up that comfortable life and i guess they thought just because they pray and they you know you know take on a puritan life that will be enough for them but i feel like you know they're not really truly believing in what you know good christianity is meant to be yeah it's about you know being salt of the earth as well so you can't like neglect like mm. your daily activities and just like wallow in your little hut and cry all day like the mom <laughs> did like that's not mm. being a good like example for the children
Yeah. Right. And it, because if you're not watching children, they go talk to goats. Yeah. The next thing you know. She's so worried about <laughs> reading and wallowing in her own pity mm. that her children are, like, I mean, to conversing be fair, her, with the actual <laughs> devil. To be fair, her, her child did get stolen. So I can understand where I hope, you know, she would be grieving. Yeah. And, um, but she didn't go look through the woods for it. Well, we don't know. They might have done. She, I didn't see the mom once even attempt to go look in the woods. <laughs> She's like, just accepted the baby's gone. Yeah. I mean, if it had been my baby and it got snatched like that, mm. I would have been like, you know, doing a controlled burn of the forest I until I found that, that thing. I was like, why didn't they just start burning the woods down? That's like the first yeah. thing I would do. I'd be like, I'm done with this. I'm going to burn it down. <laughs> it's just a, like the I don't know it, like and they never dealt with that witch. They should have went and found her and hung her. That's what good Christians would have done. We have found the witch. Might we burn her? Burn her! Who do you know she is a witch? She looks like one. Yeah, she looks like one. But, and then I thought it was interesting mm-hmm. that you uh, figured this out, and I was like, well, why are they covering their stuff with the baby's blood? And you were like, well, that makes them, that's how they fly, is they need mm. to use the baby's blood to make them fly. Yeah, and it also restores their youth. And that their restores beauty. their youth, yeah. And I think that's, like, what is interesting is the the scene where the boy is, like, lured into you know, into the witch's home. Mm-hmm. And you can see that the boy is, you know, already getting these, like, lustful thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and... But she kisses the boy, but she's still, like, hideous and evil, because you see her hand, which is still, like, bony, yeah. claw-like, grab the back of his head. And I think that's so interesting it's like you, you, she may be beautiful on the, in, the outside but her, her inner evil is like bleeding through that mm-hmm. um, and of course you know we know what happens to the fate of the twins um, because how are they how are all the witches flying at the end of the movie <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I didn't catch this. You caught this, not yeah, me. Yeah, so the the children are definitely dead, even though we don't actually see their deaths. But we yeah. know for a fact they they must be dead because they're flying at the end. You know, well, the witches are flying. And there's only one way they could do it. So you think that the two twins that were locked in the mm. hut with Thomason were then... Do you think that they were killed by Thomason in the hut then? Or do you think they were abducted and killed at the ritual i think they have i think she either let the evil in you know or was taken over i just don't understand her sort of like um you know being knocked out you know yeah and she's not harmed or anything so maybe the witches came and grabbed the kids it's quite possible. There was definitely something in in 
No, yeah, in that shed with him, which wasn't just Black Phillip. Remember something jumped so, on the yeah. roof or something? Yeah. And so, it scared all of them? Yeah. It's quite possible. I, but I, I do feel like maybe um, there's something about her being taken over. Like, yeah, maybe. in some sort of way. Maybe that's why she had to sign the book, is maybe she didn't sacrifice the two kids. Maybe the witches came and grabbed the kids. Mm, maybe. Right? Yeah. I just feel like she doesn't try and... Stop them. Stop she, it yeah, from she, happening. And she, she's, like, welcoming it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... I just find that what I, I think interesting about a movie as well um, is the sound. I mentioned to you the sort of like wailing voices reminded me very much of The Shining. before like 2001 and The Shining that sort of like you described it as like a chorus before you know mm. when you were discussing it like the angels singing mm -hmm. it's like that sort of weird inhuman sort of it shouldn't be possible you know it's so high pitched and like it's that like you, even if you weren't watching the movie, you just heard that music. You know it would be. It's like very unsettling. Yeah. I think you do get that sort of. I don't know. Sometimes you're in the woods, and you hear like sounds that just don't seem human. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I've ever been in the woods and heard, you know, wailing or anything, but you do hear like a noise that isn't quite. You know, natural. Yeah. It's just odd, you know, and you just can't really put your your finger on it. So. And there's those times when you're out in the woods and like all the noise just stops, mm. and you just get like dead silence, and you're like, <laughs> why is everything stopped all of a sudden? Yeah, yeah. That's like super creepy when that happens. Mm, very strange. Very strange yeah. stuff. I'm, I really like the colour palette in this movie as well. Like every, all the colours seem very subdued. Yeah, it's you know, very like... like Grey and browns and... Earthy. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's very earthy. It feels like a very cold movie in terms of like the lighting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like... It's all very dark and... Spooky. Everything's by candlelight. It's all very... Spooky <laughs> movie. <laughs> but those well, are just some of my thoughts on it. Yeah, well, we have done a little short of an hour, so we should probably wrap up our mm. The Witch podcast so that people will be able to listen to the whole thing. Were there any other little tidbits that you wanted to add about your breakdown of this movie? 
Um, I just, I think what is interesting about this movie is the fact that it feels like it's very much based on historical, like, fact, like the, they use, um, diagrams and, and pictures and, um, paintings of to recreate the clothing, like everything would be, you know, that you see the actors wear would be what people would wear from that time period, mm -hmm. you know, we're seeing, um, you know, it, it all feels like if you've been in those old homes, you know, uh, it does feel like the layout is how it would be and, and it doesn't feel, you know, everything feels, like I said, like authentic and lived in. I think um, it's the director's interesting to me because he um, has like a fascination with like history. Yeah. And in these other movies, it's all very interesting how he tries to recreate it, but to suit the time setting. He's not made a modern movie set in a modern day like each of his movies, like The Lighthouse and The Northman. Um, <coughs> have all been set in a historical time yeah um and i quite admire that like that seems like a dedication to telling a story yeah. and recreating a time setting and i think you know kind of reminds me in terms of like how stanley kubrick would work you know Ooh. sort of like a perfectionist sort of like trying to recreate the time that the movie was set in, you know. What is this guy's name? Um, Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers, yeah. Yeah. So. So Robert Eggers might be our new living director <laughs> that we break down a lot of films for, mm. as his films clearly are full of symbolism, and yeah. they're quite well done. Yeah. So. Uh, the Lighthouse is a very interesting movie. So, not just because it has Robert Pattinson in. Yeah, that's the least important part of the movie. <laughs> well, what, is there anything you would like to add about this movie? Yes. You can find more information about it on our Patreon, Uncensored Cinephiles Patreon, link in the description <laughs> box. And Bianca is, you know, been doing all types of research and articles and things, and we did... You know, a little bit of video filming and picture taking and stuff up in Salem, mm. Massachusetts. You know, the witch city. So if you want any of that extra stuff for more entertainment, go to the Patreon. And there you shall find it. Yes. Um, and we'll be also hopefully doing a special podcast episode. Ooh, that's um, right. Where we discuss scary true stories because i've got some ghostly experiences that i want to talk about and i know you've got plenty yeah. so um i hope people will want to listen to that it's nothing to do with film but you know i think sometimes uh what happens in real life is scarier than what you see on the big screen yeah so join us for our halloween spooktacular which we'll do live together <laughs> on this channel sometime near Halloween. Not sure which day, but it'll be near that day. You, subscribe and turn on notifications to find out when. You can also ask us some questions as well. We'll make sure it's a, you know, you can 
talk to us, ask us a little bit more, you know, if you want us to expand on any points. But yeah, I'm very, I'm looking forward to that because I really want to tell my spooky ghostly experiences. <laughs> I shall tell my spooky ghostly experiences. Oh, should we do it in fancy dress? Yes, we'll get. We'll wear our Halloween costumes that we're wearing this year, which will be a surprise <laughs> for you guys when you tune in. <laughs> It'll be fitting for us telling ghost stories, though, trust me. Yeah. Okay, thank you all for watching. I hope you enjoyed our breakdown <laughs> film analysis of The Witch. <laughs> remember to like and subscribe and tune in for our halloween spooktacular bye everybody <laughs>